the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Greetings, Earth people. I am. Wait, that's not this one. This is. Uh, hey, kids, it's me, Icy Robots. And we're back for another super exciting episode of the Stuck at Home Show. That's the one where, like, we're all trapped inside trying to avoid a bug, but we're going to do what we can to, like, have fun, be safe. Get in shape, do all those important things. I hope you guys are all doing well. I'm doing fine. Gotta admit, I'm not 100,000%, but we're gonna do what we can to keep plugging on, which is what you gotta do to make it in today's world. You know what, man? No one's ever 100%. No one ever is. You just gotta get what you can out of what you have right now. You gotta do the best with what you got. That's important. I hope that you guys are doing awesome. I hope that you're all 100%. I hope that you guys are all doing the impossible and you are all, in fact, 100,000%. I believe that you are. I believe that's true. I believe that is what is going on. I I ventured out of the house the other day, believe it or not. I, I don't do that very often, but the, uh, the old wife wanted the new CD by The Killers. The Killers is one of her favorite bands. You know, the, the band fronted by uh, Brendan Flowers, kind of Kind of like a rock unit, I guess. They're they're similar to, I don't know, the Cars, maybe? No, that's not even a good comparison. You know who the Killers are. The Killers are the Killers. They've been around for a long time out of Las Vegas, Nevada. I like the Killers. I'm not like, I'm not like the biggest fan in the world, but the Killers' uh, greatest hits that she has is, like, phenomenal. It's really great all the way through, like a solid five-mic classic, uh... I don't, honestly, I don't really rate Greatest Hits. I think that, like, your Greatest Hits probably should be, like, a five-mic classic. If it's not, I'm not really sure you warrant a Greatest Hits. But that's just, that's just me. The Killers are all right. So we went over to the, uh, we went to the last record store over on Mendocino Avenue. Shout out to Jerry, my guy, over, over there, if you're listening right now. Last record store is amazing. I love it. I have such a good time every time I go over there. He wasn't working that day. The other guy, I think his name is Hoyt. Hoyt was working, it was on a Sunday, but when we went there, there was like a small line outside. That's how, that's how they work it. They only allow like seven people in at a time, which I think is great. It makes everything safe, makes me feel comfortable. But we were uh, going to have to wait, so we decided to dip over to Big Lots and see what was, see what was popping off over there. Big Lots has fun toys from time to time, and I picked something up while I was there. I got the Stunt Racer. Duke Kaboom Motorcycle. Duke Kaboom is the, well, he's like the Canadian Evil Knievel, I guess. He's voiced by uh, Keanu Reeves, everybody's favorite internet fave, Keanu Reeves. Before we go too far into this, Keanu Reeves is one of those guys who has like this legendary persona. Like people say he's the nicest guy in the world. And I have a story that um, is not mine but it does attest to how nice he was. I got this friend named Lloyd. He's a, a theater guy, great artist, great dude. And one day he was in Sonoma, and I'm not sure what what Keanu was doing there, but he bumped into Keanu on uh, in the square at Sonoma, and he just wanted to go up and say, hey, man, you know, I really like your work. Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And he ended up talking to Keanu for like 30 minutes straight, and he said that like Keanu was the one who instigated the conversation. They sat there on a bench, just chit-chatting for the longest time. He said that he's like the nicest guy in the world. And I don't know this guy Lloyd to be an exaggerator. I don't know him to be a liar, so I'm going to assume that this story is true. But this Duke Kaboom motorcycle is like a... It's like an Evil Knievel stunt cycle. The one where you like you, you load the uh, bike into the launcher, and then you launch it, and it comes with a Duke Kaboom action figure. I wanted this when it came out. But it was like 25 bucks, and that was like too much for me to spend on something that I'll only really like goof around with a couple times. But I got it at Big Lots for 10 bucks. There it is, the... Uh, 
Arthur Fonzarelli brand switchblade. We're gonna try to open this up. It has a bunch of bands on it. Let's, oh, I must chop my own face off right there. I'd be like John Travolta in that movie, face off. So I got the motorcycle out. Now let's get Duke Kaboom out here. Let me uh, peel him off the card. I'm really looking forward to this. I want to see if it launches as well as the uh, Evil Knievel launcher I remember my cousin having when I was a kid. Let's get Duke out of here. I'm sure this sounds horrible on the mic and I apologize. Now we got to get the launcher out. They really put things into boxes quite firmly, which I do appreciate to a degree. But at the same time, I just, I'm mangling this. I got to have get underneath here to get this out. Maybe if I give it a solid yank. Let's see. Uh, uh, uh. Nope, I am not strong. How do you get this out? I don't. Oh, there we go. Those just come off easily. Your boy was yanking on it super hard when I could have just like, could have just pulled it gently. Let's see. You put the motorcycle in there. Does it, does it rev up? No, it doesn't rev. How do you, you pull the plunger. How does it go faster? Let's see. How do you launch it? The Duke Kaboom figure is nice. He's kind of like, like I said, he's the Canadian evil Knievel and he has the whole, uh, the whole maple leaf motif, the red and white maple leaf motif. He fits really nice on his motorcycle. Honestly, he's like a nice little figure. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, many, many points of articulation. He's not weak at all, but how does he go into here? And how does it launch off? Let's see. That's very weak. There has to be... Oh, it revs backwards, huh? Kind of fun. It does. It does not seem to have the power of the. Uh, let's see. What do you do? Push back and forth. Oh, so you rev it up, and then you put it in the launcher. There it goes. Nowhere near the force of the uh, evil Knievel launcher, which I recall launching for like days. But I do. I think I got to get on the floor with this. Do you want me to? Do you want me to do it? I can be away from the mic. Big shout out to my guy Preston. I'm going away from the mic. Preston from the Wayback Attack, everyone's favorite retro podcast out there. Uh, let's see. I'm away from the mic. I'm on the floor. Here's Duke Kaboom. Luckily, I have a hardwood floor. I'm down here doing this. I'm yelling almost at the top of my lungs. I hope that you guys appreciate that. Um, so you want to rev him back. And then you lock it. Hold on. Probably want to go like this. And then you put him in here, and then you let go of the plunger. Oh, there he goes! He's going so fast. If you rev him, he does in fact go pretty fast. But it's kind of hard to get him in. Nah, it's not hard. I'm just a clumsy buffoon. Let's see. Let's try to do this right, just one time. Let's put him in here. Ugh. Put him in here, and then rev. Boom! Did you hear that? Kaboom! Booming around the room! Let's uh, try that one more time. That was fun. I appreciate this toy. Let's put Duke on the motorcycle. And let's crash him into this. Maybe that'll sound impressive. Let's crash him into his own box. Duke Kaboom! Canadian Stuntman Extraordinaire launching! Boom! Did you hear that? Massive explosion. Death. Destruction. All that kind of stuff. Fun toy! I could definitely see being a kid and enjoying this a lot. Like, this seems like something I'd get a lot of fun out of. I'm gonna play with this with Orange Boy, my beloved, uh, my beloved orange cat. I'm out of breath. 
right now. That was hard yelling all that way over here. Believe you me. Uh, nah, man. Fun toy. Good deal. Big Lots was okay. They they were getting back to well stocks. Last time we went to Big Lots, they were almost empty. And that was like, that was really disheartening. I got to tell you, man. It felt like the, uh, like the end of the world was nigh. The shelves were vacant. Like, super vacant. But now, they're back to normal. They had some Halloween stuff. They had some toys. They had some WWF figures. They had some things like that. I like Big Lots. I've always liked Big Lots. I like it. I liked it more when it was Mac Frugal's back in the day. But Big Lots is cool, man. Big Lots is fun. I always have a nice time going over there. You see the weirdest things. Everything is relatively inexpensive, which is something I definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate. And I, uh, I got to go there before I went to the record store. So that was fun. Nice day. Nice day out. And then she was able to find the CD she wanted which was great, and I also got a CD, I got a Los Lobos CD, it's called a Colossal Head, I'm a giant, giant, giant Los Lobos fan, I've seen him in concert, I think, three different times, I, I love him, right before this all hit, we actually, factually, had tickets to see Los Lobos over at the Santa Rosa Veterans Building, but then everything happened, and Los Lobos is back in East LA, staying safe, like they should be, so I didn't, uh, I didn't get to go to that. I was bummed out, but it's okay. The world continues on. Let's move forward into the Pandemic Pantry. The Pandemic Pantry with your host, the Sausagitarian. Hey, friends. It's me, your girl, Sarah Burr, the Sausagitarian. I'm phoning in once again with another Pandemic Pantry from the Top Secret Test Kitchen. What's going on in the test kitchen this week? I have some crazy assignments. I'm making slime. I have, somebody's paying me to make slime. It's great, right? Like, I had a good time. If you don't eat it, it's not toxic, but it's not for eating. So that's one of my jobs. I get paid to figure out new ways to make slime for kids' parties. Uh, strawberry milk goes with this same party as to eat s'mores. All right, so while I'm making all this stuff, I'm dreaming of pizza been thinking a lot about American Pizza Man. These segments are really inspiring me. I just just think about all that good pizza. We don't have good pizza here. And I've been kind of nostalgic, and I kind of pressed for time with all this slime I'm making. So I have been making some old-fashioned fake pizzas. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, English muffin pizzas. Do you ever make those after school? You just open up a jar of spaghetti sauce or pizza sauce and a package of shredded mozzarella cheese and make your little pizza thing on the English muffin. You put it in the toaster oven and then you have a really delightful pizza-like substance. I also used to do the same thing on tortillas, tortilla pizzas, rice bread pizzas. You think they're all pretty awesome. I, they're not pizza pizzas, but they're good enough for me. Sometimes I have these things for dinner on purpose, and I love them. My kid loves them. Trying to get her on a making me think for herself since she's doing the remote learning. Another thing I like to do is make a pizza quesadilla. This is a rip on the tortilla pizza except she folds the tortilla over. Oh my god, am I blowing your mind yet? There are so many ways to make pizza and you can get really fastidious about what's the best way. But sometimes the best way is a way that's going to put a dinner in your stomach and make it feel good. Oh my gosh, there's my buzzer. It's my slime. I gotta go now. Keep on keeping on. I love talking to you guys. Be healthy, be strong, be sane, be safe. See you next time. Scene one, Apple, take two. Yo, I see robots. Grab that mic and kick the math. 
All right, this is me, and I'm back. I'm going to kick that math when it comes to homemade pizzas. I love a uh, small little English muffin pizza. I do. I love it. But what I like to do, which differs a little bit from that, is I use the, uh, I use the poppin' fresh dough, the, um, what are they called? Biscuits. The biscuits that, like, pop when you open them up. There is nothing better than popping open one of those cans. The smell and the pop, it all comes together. It's just so great. And if you take those, you put some sauce, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of whatever, it makes a great pizza. Now, is it better than an English muffin? I don't know. An English muffin has a little bit more of a consistency to it. And I can definitely see how that would be fantastic. But I like the little, uh, the little poppin' fresh. When I was in, like, fourth grade, I would hang out with this kid named Jason. This is, this is the kid that betrayed me back in the day with Tim and the Apple fight. But I would hang out at his house, and his mom was like the salt of the earth. She would teach us stuff, all kinds of things like that. She was just a delight. And one of the things we would do when we were over there is make these little biscuit pizzas. And they're awesome. I make them like, I'm not even kidding. I make them even till today. What my wife, the old wife, what she prefers to do is she just puts them on a piece of bread. She'll take a piece of bread... Pop it in the toaster. Toast it so it's a little harder than normal. Not like fully toast, but where it's like a little bit rigid. And she'll put the sauce. She'll put the cheese. She'll put all that stuff on there. And this makes like a delicious midnight snack. I'm not even kidding you guys. I am not kidding you in any way. It's great. I don't want to, I don't want to say that I'm an expert in this regard, but I am. I am the man known as the American Pizza Man. When it comes to different styles of pizzas, I know more than than your average uh, your average bear, as it were. But I I think Sarah has a great idea here. I wish that I could go to that party. I want to go over there. I want to play with slime. I want to hang out with them. I I like slime. I'm not like into the fully slime renaissance like a lot of people are. When you go to the flea market, there's always, always, always little kids selling slime that they made at home, and I always buy some. I don't know. I. I like to be supportive to people when they're trying something different. And I think it's a good idea to like, just give like a little kid a little boost up. If you see a kid selling slime, go for it, dude. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And plus it's kind of fun to have slime at home. When I, when I was a kid and I first got into the world of slime, I would like dip my fingers in it. I would like pour it all over my He-Man guys. I don't know, dude. It's just, there's something fun about that slime, and and one of the things, like, modern slime doesn't seem like it sticks to the carpet as much as old school slime. When I was a, a kid, I would, like, I would, like, always get in trouble for getting slime stuck on the ground. I was, like, some kind of a dullard when it came to that. I was always, drop it, it would get gooey, it would get hard, next thing I know, kicking the butt from the mom for ruining the carpet. But that has nothing to do with Sarah, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just kind of, just kind of blathering right now. But, uh, let's, um... Let's send a big shout out to her. You can find her at Sausagetarian on the tweet, Sausagetarian.com. Her name is Sarah Burr, B-I-R, Google that. She's written books. She's done all kinds of awesome stuff. We're lucky to have her with us, dude. We're a bunch of scrubs. She's a pro. Let's move on to the next segment of the show. Listen to the rhythm flow. Milky, cereal, baby. Milky, cereal, milky, cereal, baby. Milky, cereal. Dude, go for it. Just relax and enjoy the ride. Back when I was a younger dude, I was elected to go shopping with my mom every Monday. Every Monday we'd go out and we would get the supplies. I was the guy who had to go along to help load things up, unload the cart, you know, that sort of thing. The The grocery store is pretty boring. Even nowadays, I think it's it's pretty boring. But back in the day, it was even worse because I was a kid with like a horrible, a horrible attention span. But the store had the toy aisle, the toy section. That small, maybe like an eighth of an aisle where they would have like various rack toys. Then they had the magazine 
area where I would go and I would dip off and look at like PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, or like Inside Wrestling or The Wrestler or whatever. And then, then there was like the main event of the grocery store. And this main event was the area known as the Cereal Aisle. This was like, this was like the only area where I got to pick something out. I was in charge of picking cereal because I was the one that got to go along on the trip. I was the one that was forced to go along on the trip. So I'm the one who got to pick and I... I would relish this pick with so much, just so much reverence. This was like the biggest thing that I had to deal with on a week-to-week basis. There was, of course, the cereal itself, like the flavor of the cereal, like did I enjoy it or not. But then then there was like cereal prizes. And the cereal prizes were like such a big motivator in my life. I would like, I would go to the grocery store, of course, because I was forced. But I would, I would make it seem worthwhile by knowing I would get some kind of a toy. At the end, and the other day I was on the online and I was, I was looking for a, um, a Captain Crunch prize that I had when I was a kid that I remembered with, like, with, like, great, great affection. It was a small blue plastic globe, and I know that sounds boring, but I had this globe and I thought it was, like, the neatest, coolest thing in the world, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to find one. This led me to look around on, uh, eBay for, like, various Captain Crunch things, and while... While I was doing that, I decided to, like, flip the script on the eBay search and do it from, like, what is the most, the single most expensive Captain Crunch item available on eBay right now? And this led me to a a $2,250 cereal box for a, for a cereal called Captain Vanilli Crunch. And I had never, not never heard of this cereal in my life. From the look of the box, it was, like, way, way, way before my time. There she blows, Captain Crunch, a great white whale. Uh, where is she, Dave? Right behind you. Hold it, hold it. This is Wilma, the winsome white whale, and she's a friend. She's here to help me introduce a brand new Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch's Vanilla Crunch. Crispy, creamy colored globes of goodness. And the best part is, it's vanilla flavored. Vanilla Crunch is a whale of a cereal. The sweet cereal with the vanilla flavor. It's at your grocer's now. Look for me and Sea Dog on the package. I guess this was back in the day when the idea of like a, um, like a cake flavored cereal would be something like completely off the norm. But nowadays, dude, there's like cake flavored everything. I myself, I don't much like go for like cake flavored things, but I do, I do like vanilla. But sadly, I've never... I've never tasted this cereal. It was discontinued many, many, many years ago. As I as I understand it, it ran for most of the 70s. And, like, it was one of the most popular breakfast cereals of the time. But for whatever reason, they decided to uh, let it go. When I, when I hear people say that something was super popular and then it was discontinued, I don't really believe it. But this is what I've read on the online. So I'm going to go ahead and, like, I'm going to believe it. Because everything you read on the internet is definitely true. That's not true at all. Don't, uh, don't listen to me in any way. The, the cereal got a big push right from the jump. Introducing, like, two brand new characters to the Captain Crunch mythos. You got Sea Dog, who's like a brown, he's like a brown shaggy dog with, like, a sailor hat. And then Wilma, the winsome white whale, who, for whatever reason, carries... The vanilla crunch inside of her mouth. What you couldn't see in the commercial was like she opened up wide, and where normally there would be like krill or whatever, there was in fact cereal which they scooped into boxes and we all ate and loved. Well, I didn't. I never. I never got the chance. But like you guys who grew up in the '70s more so than me. I grew up in the '70s, but like I was born in '73. 
So I was like a young, young kid in the 70s. And my memories aren't like super great. My memories of the 80s are really good. Some of the late 70s are also like in my mind, but I, I know not. Some of you guys were like a few years older than me. Did you recognize the Vanilli Crunch commercial? Did you eat Vanilli Crunch? I would like to, um, I would like to have some. According to, uh, mybreakfast.com, which is an amazing cereal blog. Look that one up right now. I'm not connected to it in any way, but I think that I think that it's dynamite. They they released a few pretty interesting premium over the years, like the uh, the Vanilla Crunch Gyro, which was like a little car that would move, and then they had like little mini binoculars, and there was like a Sea Dog box that you could order with um, a bunch of cereal uh, proofs of purchases. Let's see, what did it take to get that? You would have to send in 75 cents and one proof of purchase seal, but the box itself is like, it's a small little container that has binoculars, a decoder, and all kinds of cool stuff involved in that. I would like, I would go for that. One thing that I really do dig about Captain Crunch premiums is that, like, for the most part, they're blue. They really stick with that blue Captain Crunch sort of deal, and I, I like that. Do you guys have any memories of Captain Crunch cereal prizes that you would like to share? I like this one. I like the, uh, the soggy robot guy, the Sogmaster. I forget what his name was. I had, like, him, and I had a small blue captain. Of course, there's the famous Captain Crunch whistle that people used to, like, hack telephones back in the day. There there are so many. I just, like, I love to think back about cereal prizes and how exciting it was to get the cereal. And this was, like, one of the few, like, sugary things that I would get to eat. Because my family wasn't big on, like, cakes and pies and all those kind of things. My mom would make, make, like, peanut butter cookies and all kinds of yummy desserts. But we weren't buying, like... We weren't buying, like, Intamin's cakes. We weren't getting tons of ice cream and stuff. So the, uh, the breakfast cereal was like a giant treat. The sugary cereal was a giant, giant treat that I really, really, really loved. I think, I think out of all my, uh, Captain Crunch favorites, I prefer, well, the standard Captain Crunch is an unbeatable cereal. And then if you take the Crunch Berries and you add that in there, also unbeatable. But, like, my favorite Captain Crunch flavor is probably the peanut butter crunch. Do you guys have a favorite? If you do, hit me up with the hashtag Milky Cereal, and we'll find out all about that. This is this is hopefully going to be a new segment. I'm going to spend some time talking about breakfast cereals. I've I've really been on that mode lately. I've really been just like digging deep into the lore of cereals, looking up various cereals over the uh, over the time I spend at home. I'm bored. I'm at the house. Reading about breakfast cereals, but it's all good. It's all good in the hood, I guess. But, uh, let's move on, man. Let's move on. This was probably fun for a few minutes. Let's see what's up next. Hey, Icy Robots. This is Jack Fanta Jr., CEO of the Fanta Soda Corporation. And I wanted to let you guys know that I was very pleased with the ad that you ran a few weeks back. And I was hoping that you could you could continue that uh, relationship with us. I... I don't know if you've heard the latest news, but Jack Jack Shasta Jr., the the evil CEO of Shasta Sodas, has been he's been asking around about you. He's been trying to dig into you a little bit. I got I got some investigators on his trail right now, but I I wouldn't be alarmed if I were you because that guy he's a windbag, even though. Even though he says he's going to snap your neck, he says he's going to kill you, he's going to kill everyone who knows you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think anything of it. So why don't you just, why, why do you, you run, run the ad right, right here, here if you don't, don't mind? Ah, oh, that orange Fanta fizz. 
Welcome to the IC Robots Garage Comic Shop. Hey, it's not a library kid. Buy something or get out. Hey jerk, I have your pull list. You better pay for them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I want these. Um, let's see. What do we um what do we got this week on the old pull list? Legion of Superheroes number seven. That's a good one. Looks like the Legion is um having a showdown with the United Planets. Archie number seven thirteen is with him and Cat. Katie Keene. I'm not really feeling this Katie Keene storyline, to be honest, but I gotta I gotta represent for Archie and then, let's see, Action Comics 1023 The House of Kent, Chapter 2 I guess that's good too, and Young Justice, number 17 These are all These are all fine, I'll take these, can you Can you hold these here at the counter? For me, I want to go look in the stacks Let's uh, head over here to the stacks and see what we can find. Stacks and stacks of good comiquitos. I, uh, I haven't had the best success lately in finding fun things to read, so I... I don't know, maybe we should dig into this box over here. How it works at the store is they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight main boxes. And then aside from that, when something gets... When something gets completed, like a series is completed, like a mini or whatever, they get moved into this closed stacks area. Which is over here. Let's see what, uh... Let's see what we can find in this box. It's all green arrows. It looks like Mike Grell green arrows. That's good stuff. Um, some Hellblazers. I used to love the heck out of Hellblazer during the, um... During the Garth Ennis run and all this stuff. I was, like, crazily into Hellblazer. Oh, look, Hellblazer number one. I actually... I have three copies of Hellblazer number one in this box. That's that's all good. Um, I wonder if I should bring some of these in to take a look at. Let's see. Here's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Here's some more Hellblazers. I don't know. I'm not really feeling Hellblazer today. A little dark. Let's uh, let's shut that. Hellblazer is the stories of John Constantine, and it was it was a pretty dark tale of magic. And I know that you guys know. Your boy's not the biggest fan of magic, but I did kind of dig the John Constantine style of uh, fighting demons and doing all that stuff. I thought it was cool, man, but that was that was all back in the day as well. I've kind of changed my taste a bit since then. Here's some other stuff. Let's see, some Miracle Man. These are all good. Naomi, I didn't really dig that. 100 Bullets? 100 Bullets is great. The story of 100 Bullets is like... It's a bunch of different stories, and what happens is it starts off with somebody who, like, they have a need for revenge. And then somebody shows up and gives them a gun with a hundred untraceable bullets in it, with which they can do whatever they want. That was really good. That was written by Brian Azzarello. I don't... I don't know how much I feel about any of that stuff, either. Looks like he's got some new toys back here, though, in the area. What's this? That's pretty fun. A, uh... Looks like some WWF party cake toppers. I can I can dig that. If I if I was having a birthday party, I would definitely think about that. What's on the What's on the tube, dude? What are you watching right now? Oh, that's that gorilla special. Yeah, I saw that years ago. That was great. Gorillas are 
Gorillas are dynamite. Their first record was straight dynamite. I feel like after that, each one kind of got a little worse than the one before that. But the first one, where he worked with Dan the Automator, amazing. Let's, uh, let's see, G.I. Joe. I've been thinking about reading some of these G.I. Joes. I know my guy, my guy Gino Vega, shout out to Gino Vega, has been going through some of these. So I've been thinking, maybe I'll take a look at, uh, at a couple of these, but I don't really, I don't really know what's like a, a good jumping off point. Cause I don't want to start at the beginning. I just kind of want to jump in at an interesting point. Let's see what, uh, let's see what we got that looks great. Um, gosh, this guy's getting blown to bits on the cover here. 132, there's Snake Eyes, there's Snake Eyes again. It looks like Snake Eyes is on every single cover. Oh, here's issue 50. Issue 50, where the G.I. Joes invade Springfield, is one of my favorite comics of all time. And then here's 51 and 52. On 52, Quick Kick has a fight with Storm Shadow, and then 53 has Snake Eyes on the cover. 54. 55 has Destro, Snake Eyes, and Cobra Commander all taking their masks off. I'll take these six. Six is usually an arc. I don't know if that was the case back in the day, but we'll uh, we'll start with 50, and we'll go all the way to 56. That should be some good reading, I think, for now. I, I haven't been reading comics as much as I have in the past lately. I don't know why. I'm just not feeling comics all that much. I think that, um... I think that there needs to be some kind of, like, new exciting comic thing to come out that's really gonna, like, spark my interest all over in the world of comics. But as for now, we don't know what that is. So let's, uh, let's cut this visit to the Garage Comic Store short. Uh, hey, uh, AB, what's it gonna cost for these six G.I. Joes and my pull list? $65, firm. $65? That's a bit much. Well, if you don't like it, go to Comics for the Win. That's right. They closed. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll take it. Uh, I'll see you guys inside. Let me, let me go, uh, let me go square up with this guy. This is the best bet idea we've had. By far. Yeah, man, that is for sure. This is one of the best bad ideas I've had by far. This whole show, this whole enterprise, like the entirety of my life. One good, big, bad idea. But hey, man, it's all good. I I don't know if you know this, but I don't have electricity right now. We have no power. The power is out. We're in disastrous conditions. It's awful. But hey, man, it is what it is. You're probably wondering, well, dude, if you got no power, how are you doing this? I, I went to the store and I got this big power bank made by DeWalt. It's intended for like construction sites and power tools and things like that, but you can use it for whatever. And I'm choosing to use some of my juice to finish up this show and to get it out to you guys. I hope you appreciate it. I hope you do. I hope you go, man, I see robots. You're one heck of a guy. If you think that, if you think I'm one heck of a guy, please consider hop on over to supportreport.com. That's my Patreon. There's all kinds of fun stuff there. Ask my guy, Rick. He loves it. Ask my guy, engineer nerd. He loves it. Ask Gino Vega, dude. He's part of the network and he's a patron because he appreciates all the hard work we do, but it's fine. If you don't want to, I don't hold it against you. But um, I, I'm going to have to get up out of here a lot sooner than I wanted to. I had a whole bunch of things I wanted to talk about, a whole bunch of fun, exciting things. But we're going to have to cut the show a bit shorter than we would have liked. But such is life, man. Such is the way of the world. I hope that you guys are happy. 
I hope you're having a good time. I hope your lives are good. I hope everything is great for you. I hope that, uh, I hope that you're acting ethically, morally, and intelligently. I hope that you're thinking of others more than you think of yourself. I hope you're doing everything that, uh, is important to make the world a better place. I hope that you're following the one important tenet. If you follow, if you follow any tenet that I talk about here on the show, I hope that tenet is E-L-E. Everybody love everybody. It's so important. The world is crazy. The world is weird. The world is violent. The world is scary. And if we all, if we all took a little E-L-E, added it to our lives, things would be so much better. So, until we meet again, this is your guy, Icy Robot, saying, do the time, don't let the time do you. Times seem hard right now, but you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been a Nice Robots Radio production. This is me Iceberg 1-3, and I see Robots is too proud to admit it but he needs you to go over to supportthereport.com and sign up as a patron member, it doesn't cost much and our boy is looking around in garbage cans for things to bring home, supportthereport.com, tons of patron only shows for a small monthly donation. Don't let I see robots become master. The Grouch. That address was supportthereport.com.